This is Ben Gillespie interviewing Judith Bernstein at her studio in New York City on July 21st, 2020 for the Smithsonian Institution Archives of American Art Pandemic Project. Tell me what quarantine has been like for you. Oh my God, it's been absolutely surreal and totally insane. Uh, there is an enormous amount of anxiety that's always there because you're addicted to the press and you're addicted to what's on TV. So I find myself um, look, uh, seeing the times where you have Paul Krugman, Charles Blow, and you also have um, Judy Woodruff on TV, Channel 13, um, Christian Anampur, and um, it keeps going on and on. So um, you somehow are so addicted to it, and yet um, you can't stop yourself. You're afraid that somehow something is going to come on that you don't know, and someone's going to call you in the middle of the night, like yourself, and say, what's happening? And I'm going to say, I don't know. <laughs> so um, I would say that there's a, there's a low-grade anxiety because of the seriousness of the situation. There's no question about it. There is a serious situation, uh, situation in terms of medical and also economic. So it's a, it's and a medical is much more severe. And I don't want to put them in the same category. But of course, there's also the economic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about how your work has changed during this time and your studio time. Well, you know, I'll tell you something. My work my work for over 60 years has been about the combination of the political and the sexual. And I started out when I was a student at Yale, a graduate student, a million years ago in 1966 that I was making these anti-Vietnam pieces called Fuck Vietnam. And um, I love these real strong terms. And they were Union Jackoff flags. They were... Um, baby, the fucking you get ain't worth the fucking you take, those kind of things. And then I, I want, went into screw drawings. And these screw drawings were done in 1969 and 70s. And they were all about um, uh, sexuality. They were about anti-war. And they were also about feminism. Mine's bigger than yours. And then after that, I went to a signature piece, and the signature pieces was putting women at the center, was literally my signature, and they were also about male posturing, about stardom, and about um, all my own stuff too, which is about my about fame and also about um, my ego. So I, I don't leave myself out on terms of that either. <laughs> And then, and those pieces were done in 1986. And I did a humongous piece at the Hillwood Art Museum that was 16 by 45 feet. So that was a big mother signature. And then I had, then I, later on in 2010, I started with these birth of the universe pieces and I equated natural birth in terms of birth of the universe. And I used, and uh, those pieces were quite impactful and they were, they were very vaginal and they were, and they had Cox in it too. So all the work has to do with sexuality, but they're all political. And after I was doing these birth universe pieces, I, I was also, I was considering later on because of Donald Trump, as soon as he was, even before he was elected, I started out doing these Cabinet of Horrors. I had a show at the Drawing Center in Manhattan, and I called it Cabinet of Horrors, and then all about all about Donald Trump, 
and Trump and Schlong and Kim Jong-un as well as Putin Schlong. So I had all these, all these names and all these pieces. And um, also with the, with the, I also did a show at Paul Kasman called Money Shot, which is a very crude uh, term uh, for, um, uh, for, uh, uh, for sexuality and Donald Trump being the recipient of the cum all over him. Uh, be, uh, and so I, it's funny because people said, oh, she's gone too far. But as things turned out, I had not gone too far. I had not gone even far enough to this horror. So that was in 2016 and 2017. And then I, I, did, I started Death Universe. Now, Death Universe, I always had in mind doing, because I did Birth Universe, I had in mind doing Death Universe. And originally, it had to do with the fact that Donald Trump was so insane and egging on Kim Jong-un, there could be World War III. And also... Uh, black holes eating each other that was also a factor but now it is really it's seen in the in the light of the pandemic with death universe and it's what's also interesting is that nothing remains the same what i meant is it's always in a different context as time goes on things happen different so that it's very relevant now and i also i did those pieces um, in um, 2018, which is not that far away. <laughs> and um, then I did a series that were called Blue Balls. And Blue Balls is, it was, it was, it's the, it's the term that you think it is. And it's, it's, there's so much explosive energy, by the way, waiting to pop, by the way. So that was, that was Blue Balls in 2019. And I then I went to another thing that I thought was interesting was gaslighting. And gaslighting, a term people may know, but nevertheless, it's a, an abusive term. And it's from a movie that was with um, Ingrid Bergman and Charles Boyer. And in this movie, he tries to make her think that she's going insane. So it's a form of abuse. It erases the reality of the other person. And this kind of thing Donald Trump did <laughs> but nevertheless, people do it all the time. Men do it to men, women do it to women, women do it to, to kids. It, it go, it's, all, it's all part of that. And now hot hands is what I've been focusing on right at this moment. I'm using this term. This term is a term that uh, basketball uses because it's someone who is always getting the basket. They want to give the ball to that person because it's the myth that if they've gotten the basket a couple times, that they have more of a chance of getting the basket again. St statistically, it's not true, but it is the myth. So I've used the blue bull, uh, the hot hands, but I've, and I have a tendency to do stream of consciousness. So therefore, when I start in with with all this um, in the hot hands, it actually travels. So therefore, it could be about the stock market. It could be about abuse. It could be, a, it could be about many, many other kinds of things with the hot hands. So that's where I'm working now. But it's been an extraordinary time for me to work um, in lockdown. But you know, I'm always I live alone with a cat. <laughs> that doesn't completely count. But nevertheless, um, but I do take care of her. <laughs> but nevertheless, um, um, I'm alone. And in a way, it's a gift in terms of working because 
it also focuses your time and focuses your energy on something that you really that is your passion so it's been a it's been it's been great in that respect but it's been a horror because of the outside world and the pandemic you know and of course um i'm an older person and thought about if there was a pandemic and i uh, there is a pandemic of course but what if i've got if i get it and I'm also someone who has other medical issues that I don't know if I could survive it. So there's also that, and there's also the, the fear of the economics that are happening. So it's an extraordinary time, but I will tell you that it's a gift to being an artist and be able to focus in on, on these issues. And it's been a continuum for me and i love i love the titles of things because it make it does it's not only that it makes it more fun but it's memorable but it's also it also nails what it's about and um and of course of course with me everything is a double and a triple entendre <laughs> so nevertheless i nailed it by the way with the hot hands and i'm going to have a show at the Box LA. It's my fifth show there. And uh, the, the gallery is owned by Paul McCarthy. And um, I will have, it's called Hot Hands. And I will have kind of an anthology of the zeitgeist of this time frame. And the zeitgeist will, will include um, uh, Death Universe, Birth Universe, Blue Balls, Gaslighting, and Hot Hands. And it's called Hot Hands. And I like Hot Hands because there is a mystery to it, and yet there's a, there's a big directness to it. So I'm on, I'm on my way, by the way. But, you know, it's, it's wonderful to be able to constantly uh, work and, and, and use your energy to, to, uh, to zero in on the zeitgeist of the time frame, which is, which is here. And it's, it's, it's a pandemic that we, we have never had. And it's, and um, none of us remember obviously yellow fever or typhoid or any of those other kinds of things. So it's, uh, it's been quite a lot. And I'll tell you what's also very interesting, the George Floyd uh, issue. And that has been extraordinary. I've used hot hands in relationship to that too. But um, the joy, I was so, impressed with the worldwide response, which has been extraordinary beyond belief. And um, um, it's, it's, so, um, it's so fabulous that worldwide this has caught on and the inequities of the system and, and civil rights and human rights have been um, that people can relate to in terms of their own life, not only, not only people of color, but all, but many, but races and ethnicities and many other things. So um, I hope at this time that more can come and uh, be part of it. And also hopefully Donald Trump will not be reelected. Yeah. Yep. So do you, um, I guess I'm hearing a little bit about sure. the, the low grade anxiety that's going on yes. all the time. That's right. And not only that, a lot of times it's, it's a high grade anxiety. I have to try to keep it low grade. <laughs> right. do, you, yeah. do you find that working um, and planning ahead for your, your show at Box LA? Does that help you to, to put that anxiety to the side or is it always there? 
Um, you need to taste something. It's kind of like a lead weight. You know what? It's like being at a dentist office when you have that, when they're taking an x-ray and you have it on your chest. It's kind of like always there. It's like the big elephant in the room. And, and so it's always there. But when, you, when I'm working on my work, I do zero in like with blinders and just zero in on the work. But there's no question that there's an underlining anxiety that's always there. Sometimes that can help you in terms of the work, but nevertheless, um, it's, I don't know that if it's good for your health in the long run. <laughs> yeah. And being a longtime New York artist, um, yeah. how have you felt the energy change in the city while you're working in quarantine? Well, I live in Chinatown and um, I, go, I went out, I have to go out a drop uh, with masks and gloves, obviously, and to the post office, to the bank, to a bodega on the corner, things like that, a couple, a couple things. Um, and, and they also have, they also have the, uh, uh, the liquor stores open. I don't drink, by the way, but anyway, there's a there's liquor store open in, in terms of all, all that too. Um, I think, and the Chinatown many times has had a lot of people out all the time. There's a lot of street traffic, there's a lot of cars. You go out and there was like no one there, just no one. It's, it, it's almost like those sci-fi movies in the 50s where they've had, and this, in those cases, it had to do with an A-bomb or an H-bomb, but nevertheless, no one is there and it's eerie. It's absolutely eerie. So, uh, and as things opened up slightly, you know, uh, you can get takeout and stuff like that. Um, but everyone in Chinatown is very uh, is wearing masks. Even the homeless are wearing masks and gloves. So uh, maybe not gloves as much, but they oh they I I don't see anyone on the street without masks. And of course, as it's opened up, there are more people here. The social distancing has not been quite as good, but there's no question that people are very concerned. Yeah. Is there anything in particular you're looking forward to later this year? I mean, do you have a sense of when some galleries might reopen? Although, yes. granted, the first wave still feels to, like it's carrying on. Right. Well, you know, you know, it's funny. The first thing I want to do, I want to go to a restaurant. I want to eat. I want to eat good food. I want to sit down. So I'll tell you something. I'm actually most concerned with that, but I do want to go to museums galleries and 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 some movies so it's not by the way that i'm uh, uh not interested in that but i have to say my first thought is restaurants because my um i'm not a cook and i've been eating don't even go there by the way terrible stuff by the way just enough to 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 quench the appetite so i can't wait to get a good meal at a restaurant <laughs> Okay. Well, and um, so what's the, the schedule for the show at the Box LA? Well, the schedule is it's wonderful because it's going to start in September and it will run through December. Now, that's a very long show, but now they've closed down again in LA at the Box LA. And so it may be, you know, you don't, you know, people have to call first or find out what it's like in, at that time. So I imagine um, that, that I imagine it may be a little difficult. And if there is too much closed down, it may go to January, stuff like that. But it will be a show that will have a lot of work and it will have 
um, I would say I cherry picked four years of work and they're large, they're impactful, and they will be under fluorescent light, most of it, and it'll be a killer. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's something we can all look forward to um, yes, on the other side yes. of this. So, I mean, looking forward, the and the sort of work you're making now, what lessons feel the most important coming out of COVID-19, out of George Floyd's murder, um, moving into, you know, 2021 and hopefully safer waters? Yeah. Well, um, you know, I'll tell you something. I'm interested in the political work. And I do think that the Black Lives Matter, the, um, the, uh, the work that was done on the streets the, with the stencils, is a killer. That is just fabulous, by the way. And I think that was extremely impactful. I'm looking forward at this time of the pandemic to have more galleries and museums showing political work. Political work, it, you know, people think that that's, that's something that is uh, always gets coverage, but that is not true. The reason is, is that it doesn't, many times it doesn't sell as much and um, it's more it's more problematic. And even with when I had the Donald Trump show, there were, uh, that was hard to get a gallery to show my work because many times the, the backers of galleries and the collectors may be for Donald Trump. So uh, I think that at this point in time, the politics are really in the forefront and that's what should be shown. So I think that that's really what it's about at this point in time because it's the zeitgeist of the times and it also has filtered in to the zeitgeist of the art world. And do you have any sense of what your next catchy title will be after <laughs> I mean, blue balls, hot hands? and? You know something? There's never enough hot titles. And you know what's funny? And you know what's really funny? When I had this Fuck Vietnam show, you know, people said, oh, that's so crude. Well, I want to tell you something. You can't be as crude as war. You can't be as crude as a pandemic. You can't be as crude as so many people dying, 135,000 people dying in the United States. You can't be as crude as that, by the way. And when, when you have um, a word that is crude, it nails what it's about. And it doesn't, it doesn't pussyfoot, so to speak, um, you know, lightly on issues that are very, very um, horrendous at this time, by the way. And not only that, we're not over this. There are, it looks like there will be some, some uh, vaccines that are coming out, but that is very problematic that it will get to Africa, South America, and all over the world at a very fast pace. And there'll be a few million people who, who will probably die. And it's, it's just a horrendous kind of thing. And uh, Donald Trump has, um, he, should be, he should be a war criminal, by the way, in terms of how he's treated this and everything else. Uh, so hopefully, um, um, you know, things will, will get better. It will obviously get better. It is not something that will be forever. They do think that there will be other pandemics because of, because of climate issues and all that. And I'm sure that that will be the case. But nevertheless, the fact that they will probably have a vaccine so soon is extremely um, energizing and wonderful and extraordinary. So um, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to that, obviously. And I'm looking forward to going out. It will never be the same. People say it'll return to normal. That will never happen. 
it, you can only move forward. It never returns. It never goes back. It always goes forward. So there'll be, um, there'll be issues that we have to deal with constantly. And I imagine that I'll be wearing the mask for at least uh, till next year, if not longer, maybe to 2022. But um, I don't have any inside information about the vaccines or anything else. It's just my, my interpretation of what's out there. Yeah. And, but I, I think that it's really terrific that it's on the news so much. And uh, so many people are listening to things that are fake news. Fake news is propaganda. There's no such thing as fake, uh, uh, rather, uh, fake facts. It is propaganda. So um, hopefully uh, the president will be out of office in, in, uh, in January and hopefully the election will go well. I, uh, in, in, the, uh, in the show that I had at uh, the, the Drawing Center, Cabinet of Horrors, I had a big button that said, Judith Bernstein, uh, uh, 2020. <laughs> I don't intend to run, it's a joke, but nevertheless, um, it was fun for me to have these, these wonderful big buttons uh, that um, uh, Trump and Schlong and uh, Cabinet of Horrors and other things that related to work outside the art world as well as within, yeah. Well, I think Judith Bernstein 2020 is an amazing place to end <laughs> this interview. So right. thank you very much for joining me today. And Yes! And thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure.